And we wanted to thank today's sponsors brought to you by Anchor.fm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's completely no charge. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, where it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and many more. Guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast. Honestly, it just takes for you to really get started. Go ahead and download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm and look forward to seeing you create your show. Yes. And our sponsors today brought to you by Spotify. You can listen to all your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify also has a huge catalog of shows on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite shows so you never miss an episode. Premium users can download episodes to listen to offline wherever you are. Easily share what you're listening to with friends on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app. Search for the Inspire Before We Expire podcast on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of the Inspire Before We Expire show. Let's get it. Inspired before we expire podcast. I am your host and founder, Terrell Sumter. Guys, I'm very grateful, thankful, and grateful to be here yet another day. It's never a promise. Guys, I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I just want you to take some time to just really close your eyes and visualize what do you see the week becoming as we're in the start of the new week, guys. Yesterday may have its challenges, but today has its possibilities. As we know, when one door closed, there's always another door that will open. As today, I have a special guest that's not usually in the public eye, but is doing so much work. And we know that they're determined of the success of when you're doing work behind closed doors, when no one else is watching. And my guest today, guys, oh man, I'm very excited. His first time on the show. He is a serial entrepreneur, a branding specialist, and has built a sales organization over 30,000 customers and distributors by 23 years old. Wow. He is the co-founder and CEO of Infigure 8, a digital marketing company that focused on helping brands and businesses with when online. By the age of 26 years old, he has produced over 20 million in revenue and has spoken on stage in front of tens of thousands of people, sharing the stage with legends like Gary Vee, Bob Crocker, Robert Kiyosaki, Les Brown, and Darren Hardy. He has also experienced the highs of entrepreneurship and the lows at a very young age. He believes that every experience you go through, bad or good, was placed to their shape 
to place, to shape you into the person you need to become in order to fulfill your destiny. How you, to do anything you do, to, how you do anything is how you do everything, says him. Guys, I introduce you to my special guest today, Mr. Lou Hessen. Lou, how you doing today, good brother? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, man. Thank you for joining us today, man. I know it's, you know, your first time on the show, and I'm very excited, man. Heard a lot of great things about you, man, and just so much, man. Um, and I just really wanted to really ask you this first question, man. Um, yeah. When did this journey first start for you? Like, when was your first entrepreneur venture? Yeah, good question, man. Good question. And um, it's funny because for me, it started at a very young age. You know, I was, um, I think I was probably 13 or 14 years old when my parents were like, hey, you got to start making money. And I didn't want to go get a job. And I really wasn't even old enough to go get a job. Right. And so, you know, then I started the classic, you know, selling lemonade, you know, for a quarter and things like that. And then I started a, a, a lawn care service actually in my um, neighborhood and we called it clean and green lawn care. And it was me and my neighbor that would go and do it. And pretty quickly we got to, you know, 10, 10 lawns, 20 lawns. And pretty quickly we got to the point where we had too many lawns, you know, and we couldn't do all of them because we had school and sports and all this stuff. So then what we did is we would hire our friends to go do it, you know, and, and they'd pay us 30 bucks for the lawn. We'd pay our friends $20 to go and do it. Um, you know, we'd make $10. And that was, that was the first time in my life where I learned a thing called leverage. And, um, then went to, to college and, um, you know, I, I found the network marketing world and, and online internet marketing, digital marketing, and, um, everything really just kind of went crazy from there, man. Absolutely. So as you say, you found the network marketing, like what was the attraction from like selling lemonade at a very young age and you saying going to college, like what was the attraction that you found to network marketing to finding to now becoming that? Yeah. Yeah. Really good question, man. So, um, for me, when I went to college, I, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to be my own boss working my own time. You know, I wasn't too worried about, um, making money at this point in my life, to be honest, because I saw college as just like a time to like let loose and have no worries and no anything, you know? So my first year, that's what I did. You know, I just had fun. Um, but then I got in trouble for drinking underage. So, um, in Michigan, there's a thing called an MIP, which is a minor in possession. And so, um, that's what I did. I got in trouble. I actually got three of those, my, my freshman year in college and in high school, I was like a perfect kid. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't drink. I didn't party. I didn't do any of that because I saw it as like my competitive advantage in sports. And I wanted to go play at a higher level. I got hurt. That dream didn't end up happening, brought me to college. That's why I was a little bit more like, I want to be cool still. I want to, you know, get this out of me. And I, and I partied. And so when I ended up getting in trouble, um, that was really when things just got serious for me in my life. You know, they say change either comes from inspiration or desperation. Right. And, um, you know, for me, it really was a sense of desperation. You know, I, I remember the moment when, um, you know, I got my third MIP and if you know anything about my parents, you know, getting that, I, I might as well have murdered someone quite literally, you know, like it was a horrible, horrible situation. And the first time I got one, I go to mom and I say, Hey, I'm sorry. I promise I'll never do it again. The second time you get one, you go to mom, you say, Hey, I promise I'll never do it again. Then the third time, you know, it comes again. And it was just one of those things where I was like fed up with myself, you know, and I remember going to this drunk tank, um, you know, when I was in college, um, this person who said it right, you know, kid next to me here, peed on himself. This person puked. I got to call my mom to, to loan me $250 to, to bail me out, you know, just so I can get out. Cause I had no money. You know, I had literally no money as a college student. And I remember that at, 
you know, three in the morning. And I remember there's like, you, you, there's like a little urinal here to go to the bathroom at, and there's like a blurred mirror, you know? And I remember seeing my face in that mirror and, um, and it was just a sense of disgust, you know, it was just a sense of you were given everything in life. You know, you were born into a great family, great abilities, great skill sets, great resources, um, great everything. And you're just literally throwing it away. Like, what are you doing with yourself? Um, right before I went to call my mom and, and ask her again to go and do this. And so it was really that point where my, my priorities changed, you know, I, I no longer cared about having fun and partying and being cool, you know, and things like that. Um, I was just really, really ready to get my life straight. And then, you know, the next month, um, I met a guy who was 25 years old. He was making 40 grand a month and he was his own boss. He worked his own hours, you know, built things online. And, um, I just said, if he could do it, I can do it. And so I was at this point where I was looking for something, you know, they say when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. Right. And, um, and that's just what happened, man. Absolutely. It's interesting that you said that you went through this phase and you went through those trials and tribulations and that you felt like you let your parents down, but most importantly, you let yourself down right through the process, yeah. which I can totally relate and which I know the inspire before we expire community can also relate as well. But there's always somebody along this journey that come along your life to help you see why you're living, why you're really here and to see that you can put this behind you. And what's really in front of you is something that you really need to go towards to something that's going to uplift you and put you more into a better place where you desire. So it's like, it's interesting, man, that you meet these people. So what's the most invaluable lesson? Like what's the most valuable lesson you learned from this experience of the trouble? The trouble, um, I would say, like, say number one, I would say number one is that, is that pain is temporary. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, they go through these horrible situations and they feel like it's never going to end. And it really can feel that way. It can feel like the entire world is just caving in on you and you feel powerless. You know what I'm saying? And, um, in that moment, I would just go and whisper in my ear and I, I would tell myself that, Hey, this pain is temporary, number one. And then number two is that it serves a purpose. Um, pain serves a purpose, you know, um, struggle, challenges, they serve a purpose. The whole point of them is to shape your character, is to mold you into the person that you're meant to become in order to truly fulfill your destiny, you know? And so I look at that, that moment and the purpose that I saw there was just, it, it, it helped me focus, you know? It's like, that's been my biggest weakness as a human being is my ability to focus. And um, what I find will happen is that, you know, when, when, you know, I, I call it God, right? The higher power, you know, goes and says, I want you to get in this way. You know, first he'll tap me on the shoulder and say, maybe you should go do this. And then I'll ignore it. And then he'll shake me a little bit and like, yo, you should go do this, you know? And then, and then I'll ignore it. And then I'll be like, you know, you should do it. And eventually he'll just, you know, sock me in the face and be like, yo, get your shit together, you know, for lack of a better term and, um, and go rock it. And so I think that these, these negative experiences that you have, you can use them to help you clarify what you want, right? Because we know you become what you think about, right? What you focus on grows. And so what these negative experiences do is they help clarify what you don't want so that you can fully put all that energy and all that, you know, focus and attention on what you do want, which makes it actually come, you know, into your reality, right? Absolutely. I love that, man. So as you say, you struggle with focus in the past or so. What steps, important steps that you can share with the audience that you have implemented to help you to really now focus more? 
Yeah, absolutely. Really good question, man. Um, and, and I found that the most important thing is just using your time correctly and intentionally. Um, so what I do every single day now is, is my day is planned the night before. Um, for me, I have a morning routine that I do every single day. Um, I've actually broken down my life into seven different categories, mental, physical, spiritual, business, social relationships, and then financial. I used to have business and financial on the same game, but I've found that they're two totally different things um, and, and for me in my life. And so now I've broken them up. And then how I look at life is life is just accumulation of years. Years are just accumulation of, of months and months are accumulation of weeks. Weeks are accumulation of days and days are accumulation of moments. Um, and so if I can be extremely intentional with how I'm using my moments, and I can have a good present moment, then if I do that again and again consistently, then I have a good day. If I do that again and again seven days, I have a good week. I do that four days in a month or four weeks in a month, a good month. You know, then I keep playing that out 12 months in a year, you know, hopefully 150 years and then I die, right? And, and that's how you have a good life. And so for me, what I've done is I've just taken these areas of my life um, and I just create, create daily habits within them. So for example, like in the mental area of my life, you know, what I do is I'll always read every single day, at least 10 pages. I'll always listen to at least 30 minutes of audio every single day. Um, I'll always do a 68 second visualization. Um, and I do a gratitude meditation, you know, and that's just what I do on a mental uh, for my life. And so, for example, I would take them that time frame, which usually would take me right around an hour and I will put it into my schedule, you know, so literally at this part of my day, it's just mental. And I know that these are the habits that I have within that mental day. And so now when I get up and I start, you know, acting out my day, um, I don't have to think about what to do. I just have to go to my calendar and I just follow what I already said I was going to go and do. Um, and then I, I, I take it to another level where I have accountability. So there is a perfect score. So if you actually look go behind me, you can see that graph right there. So written up next to them are all daily habits that I have um, that I need to do that fall into those seven areas of my life. And if I get the habit done, I put an X in the box, right? And then every single day for that one, I think there's, I think there's 17 habits or 18 habits. So a perfect score would be 18 out of 18 right? Um, and so then I add that up by the end of the week. And then there's a perfect score for the week. And then I have an accountability partner where if I don't get a certain score, a certain percentage, then there's consequences. And if I do get a right score, then there's a reward that's there, right? And so I've kind of created this system here where I'm, I'm fully transparent, you know, with everything that I'm doing and it exposes me because I, I found that I perform better when the, when the spotlight's on. You know what I'm saying? Like when the pressure shows, that's when I perform the best. So I was doing this alone by myself for a while, but I found I wasn't staying as disciplined with it. And then when I added the accountability partner that's there, and then also some pretty negative consequences if I don't do it, um, it's kind of gotten me to move quicker, you know? And so, um, so yeah, man, again, it's the inspiration or desperation. I found fear is a bigger motivator for me. And so that's why, that's why the accountability has been really, really helpful. Absolutely. Very powerful, man. I love that you included accountability because we know we can't always do it by ourselves. And there's always people that also check in with us when we sometimes slack in, right? Yeah. Help us when we feel like we're tired because it gets challenging, man. So why can you, for those that's listening right now, right, Luke, we have some younger people that's listening right now and they may not understand the importance of accountability. So if you can break down, like, why is it important to really have an accountability partner when you're, like, involved in entrepreneurship or you're serious about your journey in business and making it to that next level and really getting things going and growing? 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, I mean, first and foremost, you just gotta, you gotta realize that, you know, the biggest, the biggest reason most people don't make it in the world isn't because they don't know what to do. It's because they don't do what they know. All right. That's the issue. And so it's like, why are most people not, why are most people not in shape? It's not because they don't know, yo, to get in shape, guess what? You just have to go to the gym once a day and then eat healthy. You know, like that's all you have to do. It's not that hard, you know, and everyone kind of knows that, right? If you eat less calories than you consume or than you burn, you know, guess what? You're going to lose some weight. Like that's just, that's how it goes. Everyone knows that. But why do people, why are there personal trainers, right? Why are all these things there? It's because it's not about not, it's not about not knowing what to do. It's not about, it's about not doing what you know. And so accountability actually gets you to do what you know you should be doing. And on top of that, it also provides a new perspective because all of us as human beings, we are innately programmed to perceive the world in a certain way. We've all heard the words that perception is reality. And so therefore you're living based off of a current perception and that's determining your reality. But other people are seeing the world through a different lens. And so therefore they're living in a different reality than you are. And what most people do is they fight to defend their reality. They want to be right. But what I found is the most, you know, most valuable thing is to exchange your desire to be right to, with your desire to know what is true. And so then if you want to know what is true, really how you get to the next level is by surrounding yourself with other independent thinkers who see the world differently than you, right? Where, and, and then they help you grow your awareness and they help you rise, right? And so like for me, I look at those areas in my life, right? The, the, the seven that I told you, and I want to be around people that are on the highest level in all of those areas that I know, right? So some people are on a higher level physical than me, so I want to be around those people so I can get on that level physically. Some people are on a higher level financially than me, I want to be around those people so I can get there. And, um, and the accountability really is a, a, a just a natural part of it because it, it just makes you do what you know you should be doing. And, um, and it's such a funny thing because for me, when I added that in my life, everything changed. And I knew this innately from sports, right? Like there were my friends who practiced, you know, they just, they just went to the park and they practiced, you know what I'm saying? And then me, I was on an organized team, you know, like I had coaches, I had people that were there. And then when it came to tryouts, my friends were more athletic than me. You know, but I knew the fundamentals, I knew the basics, I knew those things better. And so then I would win. And, um, and so innately when it came to business and success in life, I, I applied the same principles. You know, I want to be surrounded by people who are better than me that will hold me accountable and will help me see things differently. Because guess what? If what you were doing worked, you'd have everything you wanted, right? And so if you don't have everything you wanted, you're missing something. So go find someone who's got it and learn from them, right? Because it's like the man at the top of the mountain didn't fall out of the sky, right? He did, he did something to get there. So just go find the trail that he took. You know what I'm saying? And if you say what they say and do what they do, you, you get what they get every single time. Absolutely, man. I love the energy so far, man. Honestly, we in the beginning, man, and I'm loving it. I'm fired, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I love the way you said, man, that you know, the way you broke down each, like saying that if you're like, if you're focused on health and you in the gym, then there's a trainer there to keep you accountable or, you know, there's somebody in this area to keep you accountable or surround yourself around like-minded, powerful people. Don't be afraid to surround yourself around those who are at a higher level. So that's motivating you and pushing you to get to that next level or pushing you to yeah. get to that place. I just think that's powerful, man. So Luke, as we speak of that, man, 
who is it currently in your life, man? Who is your greatest teacher, man? Who is somebody you really learned the game from and really helped you to become this dominant, powerful force you are today, man? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, so many people, you know, I, I can say, because again, like in all these different like chapters of my life, there was a different person that was there. Wow. You know, I will tell you the one person that's been there forever that's helped me the most was, was my mom. Um, she's the, by far the most incredible human I've, I've met on this earth. The stuff she can accomplish, the things she can do, the heart she has, it literally blows my mind. And, um, and she's really, really shaped me in a big way. Um, you know, with that being said, I've also had some financial mentors that have been really helpful. You know, I was really blessed to come from a great family. Um, you know, my uncle was in the gas and oil industry and, you know, he made buku, buku, buku bucks. You know, he's got his, his nice family estate that he has on the, on the Lake Michigan with eight houses on it. You know, he owns part of a sand dune, you know, and it's so that we can all come together for a family reunion runs once a year, you know, like just convenient for that to happen because his other estate in, you know, Pennsylvania is, um, you know, that's where he lives full time. And so, you know, Michigan's the summers when everyone comes together. And so I, I got to experience this level of freedom, you know, in, in my life very early on. And, um, and, and he taught me that that money equals freedom. You know, he taught me that um, there's two types of people in the world, people who use people and love money. And then there's people who love money and use people. Okay. And that's, that, that's the issue. So you want to get away from people who love money and use people. And you want to surround yourself with people who love people and use money. Um, and so he shared with me how in this organized society that we live in, um, money's the most important commodity, right? Determines the clothes we wear, the food we eat, the, the places we can travel to, the house you live in, you know, it, it determines basically everything. Um, but it, it's not a source for happiness. You know, it's a resource, you know, it's a resource and a tool. And, um, and so he taught me how to use money versus rather having money use me. Um, you know, my aunt was the director of the Peace Corps. Um, she was chosen by Obama to be the director of the Peace Corps. Um, and so when I was with her, I was able to go to Liberia when I was 17 years old. And um, I got to meet with President Sirleaf Johnson. And um, at the time, Liberia was in a civil war. And uh, I, was, I ate dinner with her three, four times, you know, and I got to observe the conversations between her and my aunt as they're talking about this, this what's happening in this country, you know, and, and potential strategies to resolve this extremely, extremely fragile social issue. And, um, and then, you know, a year or two later, you know, that, that lady ended up actually winning the Nobel Peace Prize, um, you know, and, um, and I got to sit there and I got to learn from her and I got to learn how when you lead with love, you know, it really good things could happen because that's, that's who she was. She really loved so much her people. Um, and I think that's what ended that civil war. And so again, like saying one, one mentor for me would be, would be so hard. Um, you know, right now, Someone that I'm looking to, that I'm really trying to learn from a lot is, um, is a guy named Ray Dalio. So his, his book, you know, Principles um, has been really, really impactful for me. And, um, you know, for me now I'm at a point where like I've read so many books and I've listened to so many audios and all this kind of stuff that it's like, I like to go deeper versus wider. You know, it's like, it's like, so when I get a book like principles, it's like, it's, there's so much there. It's like, I could read only this book for a year and not get half of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's, uh, and so now like I've been like really, really diving deep in, into that currently. That's powerful, man. Honestly. So how does that make you feel deeply though, man? Like from here with it to really have so many mentors and have these supportive people in your life that really have helped you along your journey. Like, 
Like, cause you know, there's so many people, man, that just feel broken, but just like, how does that really make you feel like really special learning this at a young age and witnessing greatness? Yeah. I mean, it's humbling, man. It's humbling. You know, I think that, um, grace is a pretty powerful thing. You know, I, I didn't do anything to be born in the family I was born into, you know, 80% of the world right now lives on less than $10 a day. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's that, that's a to me, it's, it's so humbling and it's so, I'm just so grateful, you know, because of it. And for me, it's a sense of responsibility, you know, and that is why I think that moment when I was in the, you know, the, the drunk tank and I looked in that little freaking mirror that was all foggy. I think that's why it hit me so hard because it was just, it's like a waste of talent. You know, it's like, imagine LeBron James, you know, but instead of like focusing on the court, you're out partying and drinking and hooking up people and you get in trouble. And therefore you don't go to the NBA because you were distracted. You know, you call that a waste of talent. You were given everything, every possibility, every advantage physically, but you just wasted it you know, and, um, I didn't want to be that, you know, within, within my life. And, and now what it inspires me to do is just go teach other people. You know, I want to, I want to be a mentor for other people as well. I want to, I want to be a blessing for other people's lives, just like, you know, other people were blessings for me. Um, and so that's, that's really pulled me in my life and it, and it motivates me to continue to grow and, and to continue to evolve. That way I can provide as much value and I can contribute as much to, you know, the greater good, um, you know, as possible, whether it be with my words, my money, my research, I don't know, you know, knowledge. It's just, I want to be able to give back as much as possible. Absolutely. I love that, man. Honestly, and giving back is is the key to, you know, they say the key to living is giving. So I yeah. really Love that. Let's dive into business. I know you want to talk about the Figure Eight company, man. When was it first established, man? And what, what made you come up with, with the name? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was first established in 2017, like the very end of 2017 is when we like, decided that we were going to do it. Our first full year was 2018. Um, and now, you know, we're, we're in basically year two here. Um, and it's been, it's been amazing, dude, where we got the name actually was a gas station. Um, we were literally filling up gas. We're like, what are we going to call this company? And there, I think it was a shell station that said like invigorate your car or something like that. And then we like looked up invigorate and it means to like re-energize to like re-give birth to and re, you know, and we're like, ah, that's exactly what we want to do. We want to invigorate people's brands. And, um, and then instead of like the ATE, we put the eight at the end to make it be kind of cool, you know, like, um, and so it's invigor eight, you know, with the number eight. And, uh, and so the way we started it, dude, was, was honestly completely, again, out of out of desperation. You know, I was in a, a network marketing company and, you know, it, the owners that claimed, you know, they were in a certain financial position and, um, time ended up revealing that they were in a different financial position and they claimed to go and be in, um, therefore some of the expansion, some of the new services that, you know, we had been promised were no longer going to be able to be offered to the customers, um, potential, you know, other issues had arose. Um, and so it was just like, man, this is tough because my first network marketing company that I got in, it ended up shutting down. You know, I, I was, I was 20, two years old or 23 years old and I was on top of the world, you know, and then overnight, boom, it shuts down. You know, then I went to another one and, um, there was some lies and deception there. And then I went to another one and the same thing happened. And so for me, I was like, man, I'm kind of just like sick of this. Um, and, and so I just wanted to bet on me, 
you know, I wanted to bet on myself because I felt like with at that point, I was creating strategic partnerships with other companies. Um, and I felt like I was doing what I need to do, but not necessarily on the other side. And at the end of the day, it's my fault because I, I should have done better due diligence than I should have, you know, vetted them better. Um, but I didn't at the end of the day. And so I was like, I want to bet on me. And so I was like, well, what, what, what am I good at? You know, and I had a team of, of, of a group of guys, um, you know, one of the guys, gentlemen's name is Jamie Cheerio. He's like been my business partner since the beginning. And, um, and we were like, you know, what, what are we good at? And in every company that we got into, um, we created like a social media strategy. We create like a YouTube channel for them, like lifestyle vlogging and, and things like that. We create, you know, sales videos. We would go and create sales trainings. We'd create Facebook communities. We had one that had like 35,000 people in it with our last thing. And like, and we started realizing that like, wow, these are skill sets that people need entrepreneurs need and um and we're like well what if we what if we could start this and then um i ended up actually going out and working with a company called regal assets um a good friend of mine named tyler gallagher is the ceo of it it's the number one rated gold company um in the world for the last nine years and um and, and he started a, a brand called uh wealth partners and um, we started working with him on this thing and, and we did a little consulting with him on it and um and that was for the first time i started realizing wow you know, the knowledge that I have accumulated over the last five years in this network marketing industry is actually extremely, extremely valuable in all these other verticals of business as well. And, um, and so that was when we were like, well, let's start a company. And, um, and so that's when we, we started it and it started with like a basic Instagram growth, um, helping people gain, you know, some followers and, um, and, and then it evolved, you know, into where now it's a, it's a full scale agency. Um, we've got two different verticals. One of them is the personal branding vertical, um, focusing on, you know, just helping people optimize their digital footprint. And then the other side of it is more on like SME. So small to medium sized enterprises, um, where we, we are, our kind of competitive advantage there is that we don't, you know, we don't have a retainer. So the only thing that you pay for, for us is just the services itself. And so we can basically provide marketing for small businesses at as low as like $500 a month, which allows us to undercut a lot of the competition and be affordable, um, you know, for a lot of those different people. And so, um, yeah, that's what, that's what Invigorate is right now. That's awesome, man. I love that you got the name from the gas station too. I, I think it's unique, honestly. When yeah. you think of it. Honestly, you just made it. But I love also that there were some roadblocks, bro. I'm going to be honest because – if those didn't happen and you continue to follow those guys and be in those guys' company knowing it wasn't good business, who knows what it would have led to, right? Because you already knew what it was being a teenager. Now look at you. You're building yeah. a dynasty, good brother. At a very young age, you should be very proud of yourself. And I know you're not finished. You know, with this company, you got you're responsible for a lot of employers. You you employed a lot of people at a very young age. I've never seen nothing like it in my life. We're going to get to that. I ain't going to, you know, fast forward just yet. But, you know, I wanted to ask you, as you say, skill sets. What are three main skill sets the company really, really focus on when it comes to, like, clients or so um, and building their social media, maybe a platform or so, branding? Yeah, so, um, yeah, let me just make sure I answered the question right. So you're saying skill sets that we teach our clients to go and do or more of, like, resources that we provide for them yeah the, the, the three yeah the three skill sets that you guys teach them to do like the three main ones okay cool um so the very first thing that we teach people to do is is quite simply just go and build their personal brand and we teach them how to go and leverage it so um when it comes to personal branding there's really two steps it's number one is social proof 
Um, and number two is target following. You know, the, the facts are is that perception is reality in this world and um, the numbers matter. Um, they're going to judge you in a matter of seconds when they go to your page. And we want to teach you how to actually be able to gain social proof in the most economically um, affordable and effective way. And then be able to then leverage that social proof in order to attract a targeted following to your page that will let you will have credibility over where they'll, they'll see you as a figure of authority. And then secondly, they're going to gain trust with you based off of, you know, using your stories. And that's, that's really the second thing that we teach people is after, all right, you got your social proof. Now we're going to teach you how to gain trust. Trust. How do you build a relationship with the people that are actually following you? How do you get to connect with them? How do you be able to add value to their lives? You know what I'm saying? Where they look forward to seeing you every day, you know, and that's, that's the second thing that we teach them. And then the third thing that we go and we teach them is how to go out there and convert and retain. Um, and so now that you have, you know, these people that trust you and you're giving them consistent value, consistent value, how can you actually convert them into clients and then retain them in a community um, where it doesn't feel like they're being sold? Because the real sales is, is by solving a problem, you know, like that's what real sales is. It's not convincing people to do something that they don't want to do. It's figuring out where people are at, where they want to go, what challenges or roadblocks are in their way, and then how can you help them overcome those challenges or roadblocks with your product or service to help them get to where they want to be. And so then we teach people how to be able to, you know, sell for lack of a better term, without hurting the integrity of their brand and really what we want to get them to do if we do our job right, we're going to teach them how to sell and by doing that, it will actually strengthen the integrity of their brand. Awesome, awesome, well said. So during this process, man, because it's just it's just recent, just about two years ago, right? Yeah. Fairly, fairly new company. What, over 20, 20 million in sales, right? Yeah, we're doing well, man. We're doing pretty well. Um, this company itself, no, this one itself isn't isn't at twenty million. Twenty million is all my businesses that I've been in my career. Um, yeah, this one we have about six hundred clients that we're working with right now. So we're doing we're doing well. Gotcha, man. So like, just everything you involved in, man. Did you really see like just business itself just taking off for you? Like, did you really see this like maybe like a few years ago, just seeing yourself really take off as a just as a business owner and entrepreneur, man? Yeah, I really did, man. I really did. You know, right, right when I learned it was possible, like I knew I was gonna, I was gonna do it. You know, like I just, I just felt it. It was like a sense of destiny. You know, I use that word a lot, but I, but I really do have like a calling, you know, like, like quite literally my goal is to be a billionaire. Um, and, and I want to be a billionaire, not because I want a billion dollars worth of stuff. Like I don't need the toys. You know, I was making 30 grand a month at 20 years old. I've, I've had the fun toys. I've partied in all the clubs. I've seen the girls. I've, I've seen that stuff and it doesn't fulfill me, you know, like really what motivates me is change. You know, I believe we live in a society that is old school and that is a little bit, um, what's the right word? Um, it's a little bit, uh, limiting to the average person. You know, I don't think that the average person is taught really what it takes to win. Um, I look at some of the stuff that's in our food. I look at some of the stuff that's in our education system. I look at it the way that our money is printed in the federal reserve and like all of these really interesting things that are there. And I don't necessarily agree with the way that everything is set up. Um, however, but for me, I also am a big believer in what Gandhi says, where you have to be the change that you want to go and see in the world. Um, and so I see some of these people that just, you know, 
yell and, and, and complain about this stuff. And I understand why, because when you really kind of see what's going on, it can be a little bit aggravating. However, at the end of the day, for me, um, it's all about solutions. And so, you know, I have, um, ideas and concepts and I know people, you know, who have those other ideas as well, who given the correct resources, um, and influence can, can really go out there and make a change in the world. And so for me, I want to be able to empower people. You know, I want to be able to help people in other countries. You know, I've been to Africa where, you know, these people live, they don't have anything, man. They don't have, they don't have a cell phone. They don't, okay, get this. When I went to Nimba, third world Africa, okay, this is a six hour drive from, this is when I was 17. I was visiting, you know, President Sir Leif Johnson in, in Liberia, six hour drive. We go to a village in Africa. These people had never seen a white person before ever in their entire life. They had never seen it. They thought I was like an alien. I had little kids smelling and licking me, okay? These people had never, ever seen a cell phone in their entire life. They'd never seen their picture. I took a video of them on their on, their, on my phone, and, and they were watching the video, and it was like an alien had come down with new technology giving them these things, but they were the happiest people on earth, you know? And, um, and it's crazy to me because it taught me two lessons. Number one is it taught me that I want to give back because we are so blessed here in America, and we don't even know it. You know, we don't even realize how much abundance the average person has, you know? And so, like, it's like, number one, become grateful, and I want to go and help the other people that don't have what we have. Number two is it taught me that happiness is a choice. You know, happiness is a, not a result of you getting things. You know, happiness is a choice and it's a perspective. Um, you know, and so for me, man, um, ever since I started, I had a big vision that I knew I wanted to make a lot of money and be massively successful. But as I've gone through the trials and errors and the tribulations and the challenges, it's helped me define what I really want. Right. And that's what I was talking about in the beginning with that pain. It helps you define and focus on what you really want. And what I really want is change, you know? Absolutely, man. I definitely agree there, man. And I also wanted just to show some gratitude towards you, which I do to each interview, man, just for taking time to be here, Luke. Honestly, man, um, we just connected recently. And thank you for just your consistency, man. And thank you for showing up to the fullest. And also, thank you for having a given heart, man, because most people don't really have that given heart. Because, yes, you say you want to be this billionaire, but also you don't just want to make the money, but you want to give it away. You want to give back to those who need it the most. You say you want to go to those third world countries where people need it the most because you experienced it. You've seen those young kids dying to eat. They're, they're, they're at that last breath. They don't even know where their next meal is coming from, man, honestly. So that's why most of us sit here and we do what we do because we have that major why or why we do what we do. And it's, it's, it's scary, man, because tomorrow is never promised. And that's exactly why this name of the show is the Inspire Before We Expire because it speaks value, it speaks volume. And, you know, that's why we connect with great guys like you, man, and great people around the world like you, man, because you're serving with purpose, man. You're serving with a difference, man. You're serving because you do want to make a change. And I just, I just really, man, want to just say hats off to you, good brother, honestly, man. And thank you for joining us today, man, because as you aspire and inspire before you expire to really give back to those countries, those kids looking up to you, looking up to us as heroes, man, and looking up to us to mentors. So we must take time to really give back to them, you know, honestly, man. And I, I really thank you, man. You know, really. Amen. Yeah. And, and again, man, I, I can sense your heart and, and what you've done and what you're doing here as well as you do it from a selfless perspective. And um, you're a great example of, of everything that you preach, you know? And so I think the world needs more people like you out there and, um, and just keep, keep, keep just yelling from the top of the mountain, man. And um, I'm really excited to see, 
where this continues to go as well. It's been a fantastic interview. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, man. I appreciate that kind words. Hey, man, so as I was reading, I was going back into this bio, man, because I was just looking at this for a little, little minute. Says built to international business, right? Consists of thirty thousand customer distributors in twenty-two different countries. Yeah, is twenty-three. Wow, that's a lot, man. That's a huge <laughs> amount. So, like, what are some roadblocks you you come across? You know, with those those um, distributors that you come across in those countries. Like, what are some main roadblocks that you come across, and how do you help overcome those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the biggest roadblock that I've ever found when working with people, um, you know, really is, is the fear roadblock. Um, most people are, are scared. Um, they don't want to go and take action. You know, they, they love comfort. Um, they really don't like discomfort. And it, and it comes from the wiring of our brain. You know, our brain is wired to make us survive. That's the goal of it. You know, back in the caveman days, you know, when we got scared, it wasn't because of what someone was going to think of us. It was because there was a saber-toothed tiger coming to kill you, you know? And so, therefore, you kick into flight or fight uh, or flight or fight. And then you go, you know, the adrenaline clicks and you hit it. And, um, and the crazy thing is that we still have an ancient brain in a modern society. And so we still fear those same triggers of fear um, as if, you know, a freaking saber-toothed tiger is there, but it's what our friends are going to think of us. It's, well, maybe this won't work out. Maybe this, this people in our country, they, you know, they think differently. Our culture won't accept it as much. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, there's all these excuses that come up from people, but really what it comes down to at the end of the day is fear. And um, so what I found that when, when you're a leader, you know, what your real job is, is you're more in like the fear management business. It's about getting people to help overcome those fears, getting people to um, take action, really, because that's how you overcome fear is, is fear is, is, is that, you know, old cliche, but it's so real. It's fear is the is false evidence appearing real, right? Um, and, uh, and so when you can help people realize that, hey, guess what? People are people. And um, the people in America, they have the same basic desires as the people in, you know, China, they have the same basic desires as the people in Europe, and the same basic desires as the people in, um, you know, Africa. And, and being able to understand people on a really deep way and realizing that we do all have dreams. And the biggest thing holding us back from taking a step forward towards those is this fear. And then learning how to be able to influence people to take an action that will help them overcome that fear um, is really where, where I found my greatness because I, I'm not a genius to any degree. What I've found any success has been when I've helped other people unlock their greatness that's within them. You know, and when it can unlock it within them, you know, now we were a team, right? And so their success is my success, and then we all we all win. Absolutely. I love that, man. I love that. And hey, Luke, and if you can, right, if your younger teen self called you right now and asked you for some advice, what would that five-minute conversation really be like? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd, give him, I'd give him two pieces of advice. Actually, I'll give them three. Three. Number one is save 20% of everything that you make, you know, like, and, and invest it. Invest it. 
Um, I made so much money and spent so much money because I thought it was going to be there forever. You know, I bought the Gucci and the Mercedes and the Rolex and you know what I'm saying? Like everything. And, um, and then overnight, boom, it was gone. I went from 30, 40 grand a month to zero, you know? And so, um, that's business. That's how it goes. Okay. It's ups and downs. Do not make the mistake that how things are now is how they always will be. Um, all right. It's a roller coaster. That's just a fact. So prepare for that. Um, secondly, I would tell myself to be very intentional with my environment and be careful with my environment because I made a lot of money at a very young age and I got a lot of people who were my, my brothers, you know what I'm saying? But they weren't actually my brothers. There were people that were there because I had money and I provided a certain lifestyle and there was a certain level of influence that was there. And, and then, you know, when things went down, guess who they're calling for a loan? Dude, I can't pay this, can't do that. I gave away tens of thousands of dollars to my brothers to hook them up. I never hear from them again. You know, they're just gone. They're not there anymore, you know? And so I would say, and I'll put it in a more, in a more positive sense. I would just say value the real ones, you know? Keep your circle tight. There's a million phrases for it, but your family, they're never going to go anywhere. You know, for me, when I started making a lot of money young, I, I devalue, I just, I took my family for granted, to be honest, because um, they were always there. You know, I wanted my new cool friends and it was just so stupid to do that way. Um, so, you know, don't, don't take the ones that are really in your corner, like for granted. Um, that's who really matters. And um, thirdly is, uh, and I got this kind of from a guy named Ed Milet actually. And um, he used the analogy and he said that the, that your life is, is kind of like a movie and you know, you're the main character and there's only, there's only a few main characters in the movie, you know, like only at the end of it, right. When you see the credits roll, there's like maybe like three or five of them, you know, that you really even know the names and then, and then the credits go on forever, you know, like so long. And there's all these names, all these names that are on there, but you don't even know who they are in the meeting. You know, it's like pool boy one, you know, like, and it's this name. And, um, when I was younger, I spent so much time worrying about what those people thought of me. Um, you know, I, I cared so much about the opinions of all of the extras in the story of my life, in the movie of my life. And, um, and it held me back a lot, honestly. And so if I could go back and tell myself another thing, you know, it would be just to not care about the opinions of those people, honestly, and, um, and really do care about the opinions of the ones that are in your circle. Um, but also don't, don't follow blindly, right? Like for example, my mother is one of my greatest role models in my life. She taught me character. She taught me how to be honest and how to be hardworking, you know, and, and that stuff that's, that you can't get from anyone else. You know, my mom is not a multimillionaire though, you know? So when it comes to investing advice, I'm not going to be listening to my mom on investing advice. I'm going to listen to a millionaire investor, right? And so that's why when it comes to the areas of life, um, mental, physical, spiritual, business, social, relationships, and financial, I always define strengths and weaknesses, you know, in those areas. So it's like in the, in the family and the relationship side of things, there's no one better than my mom. You know, there's no one better than there, you know, in the business, it's someone different. And so get intentional with who you let influence you, whose opinions you actually consider and, um, and realize when you accept someone else's opinion or accept someone else's philosophy, you accept their lifestyle. So look at their fruits, right? Jesus said in the Bible, by your fruits, you shall know them. Look at the fruits of their life. And are they living the life that you want, you know, in that area of advice? And if they are, take it. If not, 
forget it. Smile and be like, thanks. And now you know what not to do, right? <laughs> that's it. Lord, that's powerful, man. Honestly, especially what you're saying that, you know, there's people that was once in your life and was there when you had everything. You had the materialistic things, right? But then yeah. you don't have it, then it's okay. They're no longer there. They disappear. It's Back. Right? So those are people you leave behind. It's like you said, as you mentioned, that they're like a movie. They're in the credits, but then it disappeared. <laughs> it's interesting, man. Thank you for sharing. And also thank you for sharing that um, that faith quote as well. I love that, honestly. That that put some tension on some people that have really get some good some yes. genes inside them. Hey, man, so through your journey, man, this entrepreneur journey you've been on through the ups and downs, honestly, man, um, what um, what would you say the project you're mostly proud of, man, like your greatest project you're really proud of? Wow. Um, honestly, man, and this might sound super ego-driven, but it's really not. Um, as I would say the project that I'm most proud of is the project of myself and who I am becoming throughout this whole process. You know, um, I'm a completely different person than I was back in the day. Um, you know, I, I'm just honestly, I'm proud of me who I am. And, um, and I'm, and, and I say a project because it is a project to work on yourself. You know, like it is laborious. It is mundane. It is drudgery. It is, it is, it is a process, man. But it's so, so, so worth it. Um, you know, I see myself back in the day, you know, I went from a phase where I had no motivation, no drive and things like that. And then I got motivation and drive Then my ego kicked in. And then, you know, I thought it was all about me and then I lost it all. And I ended up, you know, finding God throughout that. And then I re got it and now I'm rebuilt. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's just this journey, um, throughout it and, and, and who I'm becoming. I'm, I'm proud of that. And I want to continue to work on that as time goes on. I love that, Luke. I know we about to get out here in a few, Luke. Um, Luke, so what was it like, man, really sharing that stage with guys like, man, Robert Kiyosaki, Gary Vee, Darren Hardy, and Bob, Bob Proctor? Like, what, what came up most for you, man, sharing that stage with powerhouses like that, man? I'll tell you what's so crazy is I was so young when I was doing it, like 20, 21, I didn't even know the significance of these people. Like I had no idea. Like I remember in 2014, I spoke on stage with Gary Vanderchuk and, um, and, and he, he started the whole thing off by being like, all right, who in this stage has never heard of me? And literally 95% of the room all holds their hand. And then he just looks at the stage and in the Gary way and he says, well, that effing hurts. You know, obviously he didn't say that, but you know, Gary, and he's, and then he just went out and did his thing. It was the first time I'd ever heard of this guy named Gary V. Um, you know, Bob Proctor, similar thing, Les Brown, you know, um, when I spoke with Robert, it was a little bit later in my career. So I knew who he was. Um, but, um, you know, Looking back on it, I mean, it's like, it's amazing, you know, to even have that opportunity and that blessing, especially because some of them are pretty old. And um, I don't think they're going to be around for all that long, much longer, you know, Bob and, and Les, they're quite literal legends that are on like the end legacy run of their career. And, um, you know, being able to have a relationship with those people, I have their phone numbers in my phone, you know, like in those things is like a really... Again, I think humbling is, is the right word. And, you know, whenever I'm around those types of people, I just I just want to shut up. You know, I just want to shut up and listen and just absorb the wisdom, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And what's next for you, man? Your business at Figure 8. Um, next for us, man, is, is we really want to keep scaling. You know, it's like, honestly, the goal of Invigorate 
is to um, sell it and in three to five years, you know, we're looking to sell it for around probably like 25 to 50 million, depending on the metrics that we can go out there and hit. After we go out there and sell it, I want to create an entrepreneur accelerator, um, which is where I'm going to be working with different entrepreneurs, providing with them the markets or the marketing that they need. I'll help them with um, raising capital, funding, you know, doing joint venture, all of those different types of things. Um, and really just help people's dreams become a reality, you know, and that's, that's really what I want my legacy company to be is, um, is that company where, you know, we just, we just work with the youth and the dreamers and, you know, we just, we just create projects that change the world. You know, I'm again, like I said, I'm big on social entrepreneurship. And so if we can make a bunch of money and we can solve a huge problem and change a bunch of lives, like I am all about that life, you know? So that's, that's where I want to get to. Absolutely. What do you feel like, man, entrepreneurs need to do a little different that you're not really seeing in today's league? Focus, bro. Like, I don't think here's the issue, man, is that it's so easy to make money nowadays. That's the issue. You know, you don't have to work that hard, you know, like really you don't like with e-com and some of this stuff, like I see these people making money early and like, and they make an extra five grand a month, 10 grand a month, 20 grand a month, 50 grand a month. And they are just feeling themselves. And then they stop doing what they did to get there. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and then they start, they start getting comfortable and comfortable and comfortable. And I'm just saying, it's like, you want to win the marathon. You know what I'm saying? This is a, this is a marathon, you know, and, and a marathon is, is not like a, just a little leisurely run. All right. This is a sprint marathon. You know, I think I'm forgetting the guy's name, but I just saw, um, a guy, he just, uh, he, he set a world record, um, for the fastest marathon and his pace, get this, his pace, for a mile on a marathon was like four minutes and 30 seconds per mile. You know what I'm saying? Like that guy is sprinting a marathon, you know? And like, and that's really what it takes to get to the top is that it takes hard freaking work. You don't stop, you keep running and you get to the top. Yeah. You can make an extra Say it again. You saying boat. Yeah, you're saying no, not just saying bull because he's a he's a sprinter. It was a it was a it was a guy who um, I'll have to find him. Um, but uh, the guy who ever wrote Relentless, um, I'm getting that guy's name too. But um, he actually shouted him out. But anyways, point being, point being is that most people just don't get really what it takes. You know, they want the cars, they want the watches, they want the nice stuff but they don't want the grind, you know? And um, you gotta fall in love with the grind, man. You gotta fall in love with the grind. So true, absolutely. Focus, focus, focus. So people that's listening right now, your entrepreneur, honestly, focus, it doesn't take too much time, but it does take consistency, commitment, and dedication. Lou, yeah. when you think of the term, the inspire before we expire, what comes to mind, man? Inspire before we expire. Um, well, what's cool about that is that expiring is one of the only um, guarantees of this world. You know, there's not very many things in life that are guaranteed, but guess what? We're all going to die. Okay. And um, what's really interesting is that when you have that tombstone, you know, there's a number and a number and then a dash and who you are is based on the choices and the decisions that you make, you know, at the time of that dash. And, um, and, and for me, I, I personally believe in a afterlife myself. And, um, I think that a hundred years is a very, very short time in comparison to eternity. And, um, and it's like, if we're here for this short of amount of time, um, you know, I don't think that we were put on this earth. I didn't choose to come here. All right. I didn't make a decision, you know, that I can at least consciously remember, right. To be like, yo, I'm going to go on that planet. Right. So I'm here. All right. I'm here. And maybe I chose to, or maybe I didn't choose to, but I'm here. 
And I believe that I, whether I chose to come here unconsciously or whether I was assigned to come here by some higher power, it wasn't just to do nothing, you know, and to eat and to be comfortable and to just be average. All right. So I think inspiring is what the world needs today. To me, I think inspire and hope are synonymous. And um, I think the world needs more hope. And so, you know, if you can give hope and you can provide faith and, you know, to, to people in a, in a fallen world like this, where people are scared, they're filled with fear. Um, I, I think it's, it's empower. It's very powerful, man. I think every person should aspire to inspire before they expire. <laughs> so powerful, man, honestly. Um, and when it's all said and done, what do Luke Hessler mostly want to be remembered for? Ending suffering. That's what I want, man. I want to end suffering. I, um, and, and it's, and I mean, that's on such a deep level, you know, like, like suffering physically. Um, I see people suffering. They don't have the basic needs met. They don't have food and water and things like that. Um, I see people suffering mentally, you know, they're just, they're being deceived by the wrong information and they're being distracted by pop culture and all of these things. I see people suffering spiritually, you know, just in, in so many ways, you know? And so it's like, for me, I want to stand for someone who is who really who really followed. You know, I think that the, the law that Jesus gave, you know, to treat other people as you would like to be treated. Um, you know, I my my mom and my parents instilled that to me at a really young age, and you know, and that's really what I want to do. You know, is I want to. I was given a lot of grace in this world. You know, a lot of resources, a lot of opportunity, a lot of things that most people weren't given, and um, and I would like to share that. You know, with with a lot of other people and help them get there too. So that's how I want to grow. Absolutely. Hey, Luke, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. Before we close out, you can share your social media, everything that people connect with you on. That'd be awesome. We're going to close it out. Good brother. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I mean, Facebook, it's just Luke Hessler. And um, Instagram is at Luke underscore Hessler. And then my YouTube channel, I haven't put anything up there in a while, but that's Luke Hessler as well. You can go check it out. That's awesome. Still great content, very valuable content, guys. For my younger listeners, actually, that's very younger, maybe in their teenagers or maybe around their early 20s, go ahead and check out his YouTube channel, Valuable Content. Honestly, that's when he was getting started. And honestly, this young man, this guy came a long way, a long, long way. And stay tuned for his upcoming interview on the platform, guys. Guys, I know what you have received so much value from this content. Please leave a review or also leave Luca a message or so. Share something that really your biggest takeaway from this episode and subscribe to the Inspire Before We Expire. I'm Terrell Sumter. That's my guy, the one and only Luke Hessler of Figure 8. Guys, support his mission, follow his mission, and watch big things to come, man, in the year 2019, 2020, and to come. This is the Inspire Before We Expire, baby. Let's go. Woo!